1: What's happening, everybody? We have a very special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Joining me here is uh, Miggy. Uh, Miggy's enjoying something. uh, That's legal, right, dude? This is a legal, legit gold. It's Uh, a uh, legal, legit gold. Shatter, bubble hash, and flower. Wow. Uh, Now, Rod, you're joining us from uh, North Carolina.
2: Asheville, North Carolina, working from home today, as you can see, um, and happy to be here.
1: Yeah. And we're really stoked to have you because we have a lot to go over from the USDA's new regulatory framework that they've put out. And it's quite confusing. I mean, I think it's confusing. What did you think of it?
2: I think it's confusing and mostly wrongheaded.
1: And mostly wrongheaded. Well, I also want to bring in somebody real quick because something happened in New York. And uh, my, this is my partner, Jeff Hall. Hey, Jeff yeah. uh, practices criminal law. I'm uh, I'm strictly business. And Rod, what type of practice do you have in North Carolina?
2: I, I do. I have a business law practice. We represent HIP and C- CBD companies throughout the country and also have several uh, clients in, internationally as well.
1: Awesome. Jeff, what about yourself?
3: Well, I represent uh, clients in <clears throat> Illinois, mainly central Illinois. DUI, traffic stops, driver's license reinstatements, drug cases, cannabis cases. And like bus, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Well, did you hear about this thing? I'm going to add this real quick. There was this massive bust that happened over in NYPD, and they're saying that it's hemp flour. Are you guys seeing uh, more of this on in your uh,
2: in your practice? I am sure. I, I, I don't. I, I know Jeff's going to talk to the to the criminal aspects, but as far as clients who are business clients who are transporting hemp across state lines or sometimes within state lines, um, we're, we're seeing a lot of seizures throughout the country, unfortunately. And they're they're often accompanied by a criminal action. Is there a state that you see in particular that's doing more so than others? Well, the Midwest. There's a lot of traffic between Oregon and in um, and Colorado for you know it's grown in Oregon and it's processed in Colorado. And those states uh, the in between there's there have been several uh, different seizures there. But really, it's happening in, in uh, throughout the country because those
4: routes. I mean that that's a long. Uh... Like even for smuggling routes, like that's always been a, a <laughs> highly covered, you know, area, right? Where people look for out-of-state plates. They look for, you know, guys traveling through. Right. Well,
2: you know, we um, there was a time that, that where we actually wrote out, um, you know, maps. You know, <laughs> we do opinion letters and we'd say, okay, we've got product from Oregon and we want to get to state X. And and what's the best route? And before the 2018 Farm Bill, this was really important because a lot of states didn't have pilot programs. But after that, something. You know, I mean,
1: and I don't mean to cut you off right yeah. there, but like, can we start to unpack this pilot program thing? Mm-hmm. Because there's discrepancies of
2: H. I'm sorry, THC levels on a nationwide basis, right? Oh, um, there can be. Yeah. So we're talking about hemp. Um, just to be real brief, and I'm happy to dive into in, in, in depth, but but to keep it up here for right now. Uh, hemp first became legal in 2014 with the passage of the 2014 Farm Bill. The Congress allowed states to enact pilot programs for industrial hemp, and it said that THC levels, specifically Delta 9 THC levels, could not exceed 0.3%. And so when a state enacted a pilot program and hemp was grown in according to with that program. And it had no more than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. That's lawful hemp. The problem was it wasn't lawful nationwide. Some states did not enact pilot programs. And in fact, a lot of them, um, a majority of them did enact them, but it was over wow. a period of time. And so we would have to create routes through the state wow. the problem was this came up in light of the 2018 farm bill, which redid and redefined the whole, um, you know, redefined hemp uh, this, it's 0.3% Delta nine um, or less. But it also expressly made the cannabinoids, extracts, isomers, acids um, legal and legalized it at a federal level. Uh, Congress said that no state may prohibit importation or the transportation of legal hemp through its borders. But that's the problem. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of seizures, notwithstanding the federal law. What is it? Because like you
1: just mentioned with the 2014 and then the change and with the 2018, because in Illinois, we don't really have we don't have a 2014 farm bill style rubric. Uh, The application was made by the state. There was no uh, relationship with any type of higher learning education facility. Uh, Those types of hoops were kind of removed. So how is the state of Illinois operating if it's not pursuant to the 2014 farm bill?
2: Well, this is a big federalism question. So you have like, you know, you have states that are enacting laws. I mean, states that are enacting recreational and medical marijuana laws, completely flaunting federal law. And so a state can can presumably do the same with with its hemp laws. It can say, well, here's our hemp program. And it may or may not um, dovetail with the federal program. Now, what the what the 2018 Farm Bill says is that it governs hemp unless a state actually proposes a plan to the, to the USDA that is accepted by the USDA. So I think we're going to have some more, you know, through five years from now, it's going to be a lot clearer than it is right now.
4: So I didn't know that it was legalized in 2014. First off, like people considered that the baseline of uh, hemp legalization. I just thought, you know, this is an experiment that uh, just like when we have eight federal patients, you know, here's an experiment the government's going to do. I didn't realize that that was going to be the baseline for legalization Um, when, the states that didn't go. Do does that mean they automatically uh, elect out like they're not going to be? Because I, I, I mean, it's a program. It's it's a it's a it's a testing of fucking a grow. So I mean, what's to stop people to grow in those illegal states? Because you're still going to have subject matter experts in illegal states.
2: <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Well, I think that's all phasing out. So as of right now there are only three states without any hemp laws whatsoever. There are Iowa, South Dakota, and Mississippi. And so the question, you know, Tom's question is, so what about states that enacted hemp laws that were not pursuant to the 2014, you know, they, did, they didn't tie it to an institution of higher learning. Uh, that issue has never been challenged. And frankly, I doubt that it ever will be. Now that we have the 2018 Farm Bill that that really broadly expands and also gives a lot more detail about, about growing hemp. But you're right, Miggy, you know, I, I think that hemp, you know, in a weird way has, has worked towards the towards cannabis legalization as as a whole, because, you know, we've got the cannabis plant and then you've got legal cannabis. And I'm talking about the federal level, which is hemp and illegal cannabis at the federal level, which is marijuana. The only distinction is the THC levels. And so it, it makes governments, it makes people, it makes agencies more familiar with the plant
4: and um yeah it would just occur to me um that as we're talking about this that you know the, you're talking about the statues the cannabinoids tac uh all this stuff the properties of a fucking plant like you're talking about governing genetics at this point no isn't this something that we are sure we're crossing lines
2: um i don't know what do you mean by that like what are you referring to governing genetics so we're we're, we're
4: saying to be known as hemp you have to be 0.3% and not have a higher THC level. Now a total, right? Total 0.9 or no.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a, Let's uh, talk uh, about that total because let's say that you're a client that's got a hemp, uh, retail outlet that they're selling online. Uh, and if there's disparity amongst all the different THC levels for what constitutes hemp, whether you're using the 2014 farm bill or the 2018 farm bill, or in the state of Illinois, its own rules for the particular crop year that it had before it looks like now it's gonna to have to substantially alter its procedures. Yeah. Where is it industrial hemp and where is it illegal marijuana?
2: Yeah, well, good question. And fortunately, I, well, I can give a legal answer and I can give a practical answer. The legal answer is it's very clear. You know, the statute is a, is a production statute. These test results have to do with with, with pre-harvest testing. So the product that's on the market right now. Let's say you've got a, you've got a, a beautiful flower lifter, electra lifter.
1: lifter. Yeah. Something like that. That's right. a lifter a special. Yeah. Processor.
2: Right. right. And so you've got that and it's very clear. It was grown according to a, by a registered processor. It was tested under the state. The state says, yes, you know, it has less than 0.3% Delta nine THCA is, is high. Let's say it's 1% even. Um, but, but this is all legal under state law. It's legal under, Uh, It it meets the definition of hemp in the federal law. But now we've got the USD regulations to say, oh, no, it's total THC. Well, that applies to production that the USDA regulates and it's not regulating any production now. Um, So that that hemp is lawful um, because it's it it meets all the um, the. The, the parameters the, that is the most hyper
1: technical argument i've ever heard well, it's, not, it's not that, not, that point, point, three number point number is only to the things that is regulated by the <laughs>
2: usda and it's not regulating jack Right. But, yeah. but but the issue being, you know, who who is to say that it's illegal? The, the USDA regulations do not say it's illegal because it regulates hemp production and pre-harvest testing. This has already been harvested. It was approved under law, uh, under state and federal law. It meets the federal definition. So this is going to be a problem down the road. But from a practical standpoint, what I'm worried about is there's already a lot of confusion about this whole total THC question. Yeah. This is going to add to that confusion. It's also going to you can imagine law enforcement and prosecutors saying, well, even if it doesn't apply specifically, we now know the intent of Congress as, as to what they what they intended. So I, I'm, I am worried about it on a practical level, for sure. Well, what about, you know,
4: as as I was trying to trying to more express how I'm trying to get to as far as talking about the legalization nature, you know, uh, marijuana hemp is the same plant. So at this point, marijuana is legal, like it should be considered for everybody, legal because we have hemp. Hemp is just like it's like the the the, the Roma tomato is a fucking weed, you know. That's just the one portion of the same plant. So, you know, could it, technically we say marijuana is legal now? No, but, I, but, I would love
2: but, it if that the case, but absolutely not. That's totally false and unfortunate. But the point uh, nine
4: and all that, all these percentages, all this, all this description of the plant itself is, you know, that's just like I said, the Roma tomato. We're 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 identifying one portion of you know, like the low grade marijuana, that's very much what it is. It's, it's not the weed you're gonna take home and smoke, it's just,
1: you know, it's <laughs> but how do you grade. look at it at the THCA level then? Because that's something that I always kind of uh, am amused by when I turn over my medical cannabis container and it shows a Delta 9 level of 0.2%, but a THCA level of like 27%. <laughs> right. Is that technically by the legal statutes that we have that merely state Delta 9, uh, is that not, you know, marijuana? Because the USDA regulation didn't apply yeah. to that, did it? It,
2: it, it? it depends It depends if it was grown by, because right now in order to grow hemp, you have to be a, a registered under a state program. If that was grown by a state um, um, approved cult, um, cultivator and it passed the testing, which it should in a state that doesn't do the total THC piece, uh, then that would be legal hemp. Admittedly, that's an extreme example and, and we don't see that, but that meets the definition.
4: But we're so we're pretty much just tailoring a, just one portion of a plant. It just seems uh like a sad arbitrary rule right now. I mean we're we're almost there, guys. We're almost there where people can like yeah just say, you know, this shit's legal, get me out of the jail now. Like there's people serving time just for being in this working with the fucking uh uh I can't even think of another tomato. Like Rome is the one we stands yeah. out right now, <laughs> cherry tomatoes.
3: Well, I, can, yeah, I can actually right. give you a, an illustration of kind of how it happens in real life. Uh um, yeah. I give too many specifics about the case because it's pending right now, but I'll say that the I-80 corridor in Illinois, it's um, it's the interstate that goes across from, the, you know, basically if you're coming from Nebraska or if you're coming from, you know, California, Colorado, you're likely to take the I-80 corridor and <clears throat> police up there, they regularly patrol um, you know, looking for out-of-state plates, rental uh, cars, uh, they pull up alongside next to the driver, uh, look in the back, you know, as they're driving. I mean, this is a huge thing. And, and the reason for that, um, they're hoping to find cannabis oh, yeah. or, you know, what's purported to be cannabis. Because if it is uh, Delta 9 uh, THC cannabis, which is the legal version of it then they uh, stand to reap a lot of money on drug fees, costs, assessments, things like that. But go ahead, Tom. Oh, I was to say, oh, can no, you to
1: explain about this monies? Yeah. Well, I, so there is a, so there let me is give a an financial example. vested interest mm-hmm. in, the, in the pulling over of people for cannabis.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy to smell. And, and even if they can't smell it, they say they smell it. And, you know, they're, oh, I smoke cannabis. And then, you know, no, you don't. No, you don't. And how are you to negate it without an inside source saying, oh, the cop told me that he didn't smell it. I mean, there's really no way to negate it. And so anyway, an example of a, of a, of a case, um, police pull over a, an out of state SUV, um, oblivious, naive driver, um, who's my client, um, has the windows rolled down and he's got four big totes in the back. Um, obviously, he's transport. He's either moving out of his house or he's transporting um, legal hemp. I would say. And anyway, right. he's got all the certificates of uh, analysis. He's got the all invoicing. Right. He's got everything. But uh, the police pull him over for some, you know, benign traffic offense. Oh, speeding three over, four over. Say he's following too closely, even though there's three car lengths in front of him. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so. Anyway, they pull him over and they're like, what's in the back? And he's like, oh, legal hemp. And they're like, oh, we'll be the judge of that. They didn't say that, but that's kind of what they're thinking. So (laughs) they
1: were
3: were, all right. So they call uh, the the company where he uh, had the invoice from. They call the company. Um, The company didn't answer because it's just guys starting out. And um, and that's key, though, because um, and I'll preface it on this rarely in defense law, and I've been doing this 15 years, I was a prosecutor um, at the start of my career, and then I'm a defense attorney now. And anyway, um, we've never really had it where a defendant, um, their story tends to check out every step of the way. And my client says, this is hemp. I I would have never done this if it was illegal. I was brought in because I needed money. And they said, here's a legal way to do it. Here are your certificates of analysis. Shoot, the guys even came in on the weekend to sell them uh, the, the hemp load.
1: Yeah, and so price used
3: to be high. Yeah. yeah, and so anyway, he hands this over to police and you know, police, they're so suspicious all the time. They say, oh, these are copies, photocopies. And when we called,
4: okay.
3: uh, and, and I'm like, there's no, there's no original copy or notarized copy that you need to have. There's nothing, you, you just have to have the certificates. You have to have, you know, it's good to have a, a, a letter from your attorney yeah. you know, that you can hand, but this was this guy's first time. And if you met the guy, he's just so naive. And he's just not someone this he's not like a a mule for El Chapo. You know, he's not (laughs) doing that. Um, And so anyway, um, they they basically say, oh, this is suspicious. So what do they do? They arrest him. Guess what his bond was? One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So fifteen thousand cash to get out. And how
1: much do you think that hundred and six pounds was for a bond bond in New New York? I, I, uh, 11 billion, you might as well make it, you know?
3: And so, sorry, my mouth is dry.
4: No, but see, no. again, this is why I'm I, going back to like, we legal cops seem to readjust their mindset because all of these situations could be avoided. I mean, we have a FedEx employee that was on a rampage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, an
1: employee, like FedEx. Yeah, like,
4: dude, you're not fucking saving anybody. You yeah. can get over this well, shit. my
1: clients are getting impacted by trying to send this stuff through the mail. And then I would refer them to, uh, Rod, you did a nice piece on your website. And plug your website. If you guys need anything uh, in <laughs> hemp, please do Google. Hemp lawyer, you'll get his. And then uh, you were, had an article about why you should use the United States Postal Service. But I've had problems with the Postal Service. I've yeah, had, I had, problems had problems with, with
3: UPS. Problems. Well, yeah, let, me, let me comment on that, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. But, sure. um you want to use the u s. Postal Service um, more so than FedEx or um, UPS because in FedEx and UPS's policies buried in there, say policy number forty two thousand a, it says, we reserve the right to inspect any package on the inside to uh, um, look for a better address on the inside. And the only person I've ever known to do that, was, uh, you know, uh, a, a client's dad said, oh, I always put another address on there. You never know if it's going to get rubbed off. And I'm like, you're the only one I've ever, what? Because when I'm mailing stuff, I always put the good address on the inside of the package. You know. Right, right, right. So anyway, um, like you with, with USPS, the United States Postal Service, they need a warrant to search that. But a lot of times they get the dogs there on the conveyor belts and they're sniffing and stuff. But what UPS and uh, FedEx do, they're private companies, so they just invite the police in. And I've had it where, you know, I, you know, like, they had to play coy with me, but they uh, the police have hinted to me that there's a lot more there, there, um, with regards to those agreements with companies like FedEx and, U, uh, and UPS. So, you know, I'm not mailing anything illegal, all right? But I don't want them looking in my packages. It could be, it could be my glamour shot photos from 1990 you know do i want those those were
1: good photos i've known jeff you've seen him basically my whole life (laughs) you know
3: but yeah i mean the
4: postal that makes more sense to use the postal service too because you because even as a citizen we can like help structure that government entity right this you know Mm -hmm. initiatives and ballots and whatever the fuck we we do to change a lot you know i'm still wrapping my head around the whole bicameral process i really don't appreciate that whole like i gotta go through two bodies to to make one rule you hear
1: that in the news I've Um, already I've already taken it down, but then the rumor mill out of the Senate is that the uh, the impeachment crisis is going to delay the vote on the Safe Banking Act because now for some reason the Senate's got to care about something else.
3: Right. Uh, That's all. That's all crap. Uh, But you know, without getting into the politics of it, to finish kind of that example for your viewers, um, this this poor guy um, who doesn't have much money and has sick family, and that's why he was doing the run. He has to somehow find. $15,000 $15,000 to bond out. He has to somehow find money to hire a professional to be his voice, to basically explain this to to prosecutors who are really smart, but they just don't know this stuff yet. And so I'm going into the prosecutor and saying, hey, this is going to be a learning experience for both of us because this is brand new stuff. But don't file a cannabis trafficking charge against him because that's 12 to 60 years minimum, 12 year minimum. If you get caught bringing in cannabis into Illinois, 2,500
1: grams or more
3: with the intent to deliver. That's cannabis trafficking and it's 12 to 60
1: years. That can't is the be that different from other states, though, even states where they've legalized it. Haven't they legalized it like Illinois is where they've legalized it to about that much? Uh, Miggy, can you have as much weed as you want in uh, Seattle, or are there possession limits? And stuff? Yeah,
4: it's like a, I think it's like a pound, man. But you know, mm-hmm. it, it, limits are fucking bullshit, anyways. Because if I was a sick person, yeah, but are enforcing
1: that law out there. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. No, no, if I was a sick person, though, I would need. Pounds to you know maintain a good quality of life, right? So mm-hmm. the libertarian fucking Washington is about quality of life. If you can prove, and I, I think it's what America is about, right? If you can prove that this thing helps you, like Jeff, with your client, did they they have they tested it? Did it
2: test hot or well? i getting
3: there. I mean, this yeah. gets, it yeah.
2: gets better. Issues about the testing itself, right? Well, yeah. so here
3: I here I, I I parade into the prosecutor's office, and by the way. Um, this prosecutor is very reasonable. He's very understanding. And he didn't file a cannabis trafficking charge against my client. He filed a class one possession uh, charge, which is probationable. And he's been so reasonable. And I mean, he is actually a godsend for that county. Uh, I'm not just saying that because you may watch this. I'm not saying that uh, at all. OK, <laughs> wink, wink. No. Anyway, Um it's just the fact that I go in and say, hey, um, how can you prove this isn't legal hemp? because I've already talked to your lab technicians and they can't prove it's legal hemp. In fact, I interviewed one of the, the guy that tested this and he said, if he were to take the stand and I asked him the question, so after your GC test, your, uh, your gas chromatogram test, or I think that's how you say it, um, after that, could you determine if this is a THC, Delta 9 THC of under 3%? And he'd say no. And I'd say, can you determine if this sample taken um, from my client, is legal hemp, can you determine that? No, we can't. Can you determine that it's illegal Delta-9 THC cannabis? And he said, no. And I said, so this is, we don't know if this is legal or not, right? And that's reasonable doubt. But the problem I run into is if I have a mean prosecutor that's not as reasonable, then he'll say, go on, fight it all you want, but I'm gonna upgrade it to a class X, super X, 12 to 60 year felony. So we're kind of just like saying, no, no, hold your horses. So I took it a step further and I said, well, now that you know this, how can you present the case to the grand jury without leading like with leaving this fact out? Because I'll move to strike the indictment yeah. because the case law says you can't mislead a jury.
4: Well, if you can't On do, do the temper marijuana, you might as well just say it's a potato sack you fucking had. I mean, it, you can't fucking. Exactly. Uh, uh, but." The thing is, you can prove though. I mean, with right, is it the labs incompetence, competence, or is it just? Uh, I mean, they can contract out, send it to, well, to washer you lab. Can,
3: but they're not doing that, and I'm encouraging that. But I'm not trying to do all of their work for them. Yeah. And I know exactly what they have to do, but I'm not going to say it on this podcast because I don't want to tip off them just yet. Because well, I have. Come on, another- you see,
1: in regular lawsuits, we have discovery and full disclosure requirements. But Rod, how are you helping your clients through these types of issues when you see this seizure? Yeah.
2: It's tough. I mean, a lot of it is educational and you're not only dealing with with education, with reasonable people, which is hard enough. These technical issues, all these um, very often you're dealing with. And I think more often than not, unfortunately, with with some law enforcement agencies I've dealt with, you're dealing with unreasonable people who who have a, 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 a no desire to learn about it. They think your client is, is pulling the wool over their head and they want to and they might even not they might not even like the fact that hemp is legal. So they're going to they're, they're going to push back. And these are highly subtle Um, Issues We talked about testing with a gas chromatograph. So the Delta-9 THC concentrations are the, um, are what distinguish legal hemp from illegal marijuana. That's it, Delta-9 concentrations. Uh, But the problem is you use a gas chromatograph, which is, it's commonly used. It's not a bad testing method in the abstract, but it's particularly bad with respect to this um, for testing cannabis, because it heats up a sample in order to tease out the, the components or the compounds to measure them. And if anyone you know who who, who likes and enjoys and, and knows about cannabis can attest, heating up a sample of cannabis will convert it will decarboxylate the THCA in, in into delta nine. And so, yeah, I, have, I have noticed that my joints much more effective. Yeah, well, a little more effective, yeah. But it's literally creating the molecule that it's measuring. I mean, it's like, you know, let's let's have a radar gun that speeds up the car it's testing. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make Oh, that's sense. a
1: good analogy. I like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But but again, I mean, it's all arguable, right? How testing methodology, I mean, even here in Washington, uh, mm-hmm. my biggest gripe of like, even like saying something is any percentage level is there's no standardization. There's no one way to do a thing and say, that's the way that we're going to reference. That's the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. You
2: know, even really high end lab equipments and, and ISO certified laboratories have measures of uncertainty, which the USDA regulations take into account. So there's even if there's a measure of uncertainty issue, there's the you can use HPLC, high performance liquid chromatography, which does not decarboxylate um, mm. the, the Delta nine. Uh, but most state crime labs don't have that. Uh, it, it's just that's,
3: a, that's what we're running into. They need HPLC yeah. testing. That's the quick fix. Right. But And I've spoken to lab technicians about it and they're like, no, I do the um, I do the, the color test. I always what is it? The decoin something. It's where it registers purple. Um, and then so he did that. And then he did the GC test. And he then explained because he did say this as part of the test. He said, I did. He's like, I'll tell you this. I, I and it, it helps your case. I think when I tested your sample, I had much higher ticks you know, the TIC, uh, T, uh, what is it, the tick marks? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, "I uh, it's like tech ion something. Uh, but anyway, he said, I had so many more for uh, CBD than I did for Delta nine. So I had uh, 10 to 11, uh, 12 million parts um, CBD and then maybe 1 million parts uh, Delta nine. And he said, so there's that big discrepancy, but he can't quant it out. It's not well, a
2: quantity. What, what do you say about probable cause in situations like that? Because it's an issue not only in hemp states, but even in even in recreational marijuana states like like um, like Miggy state of, of Washington, yeah.
3: mm-hmm. there, there
2: still exists unlawful marijuana. Right. And right. So, but probable cause is an issue. This the odor of marijuana, the presence of what looks like marijuana mm-hmm. is not probable cause anymore that, that a crime may be committed. What are you, what are you seeing with that? Jeff?
3: That's what I'm dealing with right now. And see, all this is new because now we're starting to get the hemp loads before okay. it was just Delta nine. And right. you know, I mean, there it was. So you couldn't really say, "Go ahead and test it there, Bubba." You know, go ahead. And right. test it, but I mean, you
1: kind of you're out. also driving a huge bunch of female flowering tops to the cannabis plant that yeah. has only been one thing until yeah. a few years ago. Well,
3: and here's the thing. Exactly. And I, I've 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 been researching it as far as the PC aspect. I'm glad you brought it up because on the one side, police are going to say, "Well, since we don't have the testing to differentiate." if we feel test positive that's within our rules to confiscate because that's probable cause but then we say well what if they have all the documentation the certificates of analysis the invoicing yeah. the letter from the attorney make some calls roadside they'd say nope we're just going to take it in because why they get the money to bond out they get the sheriff gets in illinois gets 10 percent of the bond money so the sheriff got 1500 of that and we won't get it back uh, if we and see so i went to the prosecutor. getting paid yeah, yeah. And i went to the prosecutor and i said honestly everything is coming back i've confirmed the coas from the company they said that they tested them and that's accurate i confirmed with um, the company that sold him the hemp with their lawyer and their lawyer said they better not be selling delta 9 because they, they only have a hemp license and we're trying for their cannabis license so i i went to him with all this and i said it may be strange to hear this but it's the first time i'm saying it but I'm going to need that stash back. Yeah. Because you've interfered with interstate commerce and they're going to need to complete the delivery and we're going to need the bond money back. I mean, I don't think you can prove your case. But with prosecutors, they love their cases and they hate it when they have to get back money. Uh, I used to be one and I I remember that mentality. Yeah, I used but to be a litigator. Right You now.
4: want to win, damn it. Yeah, but like you know you want you have this hope that you guys would do this for like Justice in, in the, no, the American way. No, <laughs> well, I get it. You're, you're doing it for your for a paycheck, and this is part of the problem with like how you know none of this shit's legal. How it even matters with, with uh uh like the, the I eighty. I got pulled over Wyoming driving through. I literally had the cop. Um, I was on uh, cruise control. Just got done smoking, whatever. But guy pulled up beside me, and then pulled behind me. I had out of state plates. I'm fucking dark skin, um, and so he lit me up. Uh, He saw the shake in the console. He asked if that was marijuana. I I try to be cordial with cops because here's the thing, kids, if you don't want to get shot, you fucking just be like, yes, sir, ma'am. And, and, you know, everybody talks a lot of shit until that moment happens. So like this guy uh, had me in the back of the car. So mind you, I'm on the road as a technician. I have a car full of weights. Uh, uh signal generators all his rf equipment my beard was longer so i looked like al-qaeda matter of fact that was a thing at the time too you were and wearing
1: one of those hats
4: too right yeah. keep you warm yeah, and, and then turban. Then, yeah. Motherfucker, he went through my luggage and shit and and i have all these magazines and stuff and uh uh i'm in the back of the car freaking out and then he's like why do you have all this magazines so i'm like i'm just kind of sore and he's like are you a grower you can tell me I'm like what we're cool now like you have me in the back of the car, handcuffed in this hard-ass plastic seat. I'm fucking shitting bricks because I'm on It's a company truck, too, by the way. And uh, I'm like, all right, my, my, my technical life's over. Like, I'm going to jail over some bullshit Monday morning weed and racist cops or whatever in Wyoming. And fucking, uh, it's just an unfortunate. You know, he realized he didn't have a big fish. And I think that's the thing where people like Jeff's client who are getting fucked, uh, uh uh you know livelihood that's goods that the people took the time he in jail uh he's losing money in uh, just the same way with patients people who are actually just trying to grow it for themselves there's too much authority in the police's hands right now because of this shit. you know until we establish now the testing thing like your client should be able to get off by just proving if, if they allow that that lab testing that way you yeah, can have that proof. right, right. I
1: mean, isn't that what the or, or acts out of the it. amendments, Jeff? You're a better constitutional lawyer than me. I uh, I but just the, care about the, contracts.
4: The components of the plant change too. That's another thing that we need to consider. Like, I mean, even mm-hmm. if he got caught with hot hemp, it could have degraded, or or if it was good cannabis, mm-hmm. it could have degraded into hemp at one point. So. I think it's in everybody's best interest just to test it right away because these guys are holding on to it, right, Jeff? There's no access. You got. They're not. Is it is it being contained in a
2: in a good environment? Is it going to get moldy? Meggy, that's a good question, I, and I'll, I can mm-hmm. say, and I hate to interrupt Jeff, but but I, I had a, a seizure in Wyoming. I understand that mentality. That you you faced, and this was for a truckload of hemp. And they didn't they didn't they didn't take their time they took their time to test it in fact there wasn't a test lab at least at the time in wyoming um they did not store it to your point in good conditions they just stored it in some warehouse um so it was degrading and then one little piece about the testing uh is that let's say it's it's hplc and let's say every everything matches up um you, you know the plant is a plant it's an organic compound so one sample might test um differently than the other sample and so there may be pieces of the hole that would be slightly over point three, There's gonna be pieces of the hole that test way below point three. You know, what, is this an average of the whole load? Does do they have to tease out every little bit that's above point three? I mean, these are all totally unanswered questions. Yeah, and in the Wyoming case, they actually, even though it was all, to- it was hemp completely, but with their testing, they decided that a tote or two was hot, and they kept that back and gave us the rest. They didn't press charges. Uh, it's it's miserable the number of issues that are being raised by this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what about that? Because you said, all right, you have the, that problem with the, the hemp testing hot and coming in. Oh man, I totally spaced on that. I was I was waiting to to ask that question. Are you smoking, smoking? And I missed it. No, I'm not. You know, that's the thing. I was just <laughs> trying to, to keep my yeah, Tom's, uh. My uh order. Tom's spacing out at 12 No, Right.
3: Th- <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> And I've known Tom, I think, shoot, like we, oh, man, for, this,
1: this, uh, this life is kind we of a like, flag. but that's what I wanted to talk about was probably like the USDA regulations when it comes to that hemp that does exceed the 0.5% threshold or the 0.3% total yeah. THC threshold. And then it's destruction characteristics. Uh, and then it's also, it's, it's triggering of it being, uh, uh, you know, marijuana. How does that get enforced? And what did you think about the, uh, the USDA's regulatory for having no remediation? to have yeah no no Well,
2: it's, it's bad in a number of ways so it's bad a because it only it only allows a 15day window from from testing to harvest which is is not it just doesn't work there's log jams right now it's 30 sometimes 45 days to harvest when everyone's moving so that's that's too short of a window uh it, it it allows for it doesn't allow for any remediation and then it says well you're only negligent if you your total thc is above 0.3 and no more than 0.5 uh, which implies that maybe you're you're willful or even criminal if your if your hemp is willful hot. or is criminal cold. if you go
1: over I mean, point five. But I remembered what I was going to ask, and that's talk about the testing methodology that the USDA regulations require for the tops of the female plant.
2: Right. They they, they will they require the top the tops are the most trichome rich. That's where you're going right. to have the highest concentrations of delta nine. But we're talking about a plant uh, that yeah. could be used for a number of things: smoking. Um, it could be used for for extracts. It could be used for fibers. And so you need to take a full yeah. Where um, does this 0.3% come from? Have you heard the origin story of 0.3? Yeah, it's, it's, from a, it's from a book. And literally the author of the book said that 0.3, the distinction between hemp and, and marijuana um, right. had to be drawn somewhere <laughs> on the spectrum. And 0.3 was just literally arbitrary. Bam, that's literally a-
1: arbitrary testing, not the female flowering tops, but the leaves.
2: The leaves. That's a good point and yeah. the european union chose 0. 0.2 some countries choose 0 switzerland is 1 i mean it's, it's then uh, if we look at the genetics of the plant
1: it's the 20 to 1 ratio why don't we regulate it by a ratio as opposed to by a particular sand number that's creating well, all too this smart,
2: bullshit Tom. Too smart. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. they don't like they ratios. They, like,
1: they, they operate in
3: binary you know it's either black yeah. or it's it's white it, it, it needs to have a number just like 0.08 eight doesn't necessarily have any scientific correlation. To to ratio.
1: A lot of the hemp has a 20 to run ratio and you can have yeah. genetics that are stable for that. And they just like, just like our
3: THC uh, level for Delta 9 THC for DUI. so I spent four years working on that bill, started it in 2012, got vetoed by the Republican governor Rauner because we had 15 nanograms per milliliter as in whole blood for your um, for your THC level. And we were not pushing for THC levels like 0.08. We wanted impairment-based prosecutions, but the prosecutors and police—they want their fine line. They want their—you're at a limit—and so they pull it out of their ass. And so what they did was, we put 15 in the first bill, and then uh, NHTSA came out with a study that said that court that uh, that confirmed our number 15 was in their study, and I still I, I still have a lot of questions about it and problems with it, but they concluded that 15 nanograms per milliliter of whole blood of THC is equivalent. It showed similar signs of impairment at when someone was at 0.075 and 0.08 for BAC. But what did we do? Well, Governor Rauner redlined my bill. He crossed out 15 and wrote five because that was a number that everyone got happy with um, before uh, Nevada, it's two. California, it's five. I think up in, uh, in uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you find out later in Washington, it's five. It's five. But, and, 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 and that is equivalent in that study done by NHTSA, the study done by them, the government, said that five nanograms per milliliter is equal to, and showed similar signs of impairment for people with alcohol content of 0.025. And under oh. our law in Illinois, you're at 0.025, you're presumed sober. So we have created, we pulled a number out of our ass. And that's what we keep doing. And we keep and trying to prepared. educate. He's not I believe
1: it. the technical term for when all this kerfluffle started back in 1976 and they wrote a paper was arbitrarily picked. Yes. Yeah, it's even worse than that. You know, I mean, it, talking about process, like right, like, locking people up, up and taking their life away. Arbitrary number. Well, yeah. Like, yeah
3: let's destroy your life. Um, because of a number that we pulled out of our ass and by the way you could have been over just barely but now you're not so now you got to go to prison for 6 years cuz you had THC in your system and someone died because they went off the road after they swer- after you swerved to miss them oh yeah you see it's ridiculous. Well, I, I get I get angry about it. So just
4: the, the, well the low nanogram value it's a setup for fucking, yeah, you're you're guilty because you were high at that moment or whatever. Cause even you know, if I wasn't smoking, I'd still be over five nanograms in twelve yeah, hours.
3: You'd be at it probably at all times. And that's yeah. what you we were trying to say. And that's when I I went to the Senate criminal committee in Illinois, the House Criminal Committee. I, I spoke to them and all of them sat back, they all sat back in their chairs and they're like, hmm something needs to be done. I just don't know what the proper mechanism is going to be. And then, and not to make it political, but we had a bunch of Republicans that were all like, no, no, no. And they threatened to kill the bill unless we lowered it and we fought back, but we didn't want to kill decriminalization back in 2015 uh, or 2016. We didn't have a veto proof majority. So we had to adopt the changes. So it didn't kill decriminalization because it was attached to the bill.
4: That was the argument against our legalization here was because of five nanograms, but the the other argument is you just want to get your foot in the door, you know, because the fallout is I haven't really heard of any scenarios where you know, it's pretty much your setup, right? You're going to be set up as a a victim, but uh, uh, back to arbitrary, Mm -hmm. because Rod had an article where he highlighted some of the USDA rules, and I I just think it's funny. Um, It says uh, you know, labs, the demue, the uncertainty. So what if your lab had like a 2% uncertainty? I mean, what is uncertainty? It comes down. That's a very questionable mathematical <laughs> fucking like human error type shit. You can say, uh, you know, as a technician, you got to add 10% because that guy is just, you know, going to come in from a bad day and, you know, maybe what he's about tar-
1: methodology of proof. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. proof each yeah. pound is hemp. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, so, you know that's a good. A oh, go ahead. Thirty, go um, well, well, I mean, states are beginning I mean, to say, "Well, here, this is what constitutes a lot." You know, it's thirty pounds, or it's whatever it is. And so, you know, fortunately, yeah. it's not gram by gram, but thirty pounds when you're doing a lot of business is not a lot. And you have expensive test um, testing protocols, sometimes costing hundreds of dollars. And if thousands of pounds, and you're going to test every thirty of them with a full panel COA, that is that's hardcore um, regulatory overreach. But but even with that, like so, what what is it like if it, with the but the point
4: three point oh three whatever percent? Um, if your lab was fucking had a ten percent move, I mean you can kind of work your way towards that argument. The thing is, only labs who are willing to have shitty measurements are going to be like because it, it, it's just but, America, baby. We we throw well, money at all I, kinds of shit. I've seen yeah, all kinds the of, of though. proof
1: though. It's weight and it's and it's if that the stuff is what it is. I mean, so think about it from that. Like you know what. I, are they going to have to prove every gram is is over the line? Yeah,
2: I, I, I think that's going to be I mean, tough. And and with these, I, I think I love Mickey's argument. I think the deal is that probably there are standards, you know, for for a lab to, to be ISO certified. And, and and unfortunately, I think the mu is, is is going to have to be pretty tight in order for them to meet other regulatory requirements. Um, so it's well, tough. you would
4: think it would be, um, but. It's- <laughs> Uh, well, see I, I work in in, in uh, my lab is but I, I work in electronics right my lab is iso certified but it always comes down to the equipment so test equipment's your your one factor and uh, uh right. that's the end to the actual value but then you have the other argument because it's all super nerd shit you know like some things are, <laughs> are 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 fundamentally like a pound's a pound and all this other stuff but then you have to say okay like the 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 new one gram the new one gram is not a a value a a, a physical thing it's like a laser type light mathematical formula and they've been arguing i think for past eight years still now about the new like the eighth digit of it like there's people that, that focus on the actual substance of things but then you have the guys who don't give a fuck and are willing to say i want to say the human value
1: is a bad measurement you're incorporating i'm, not, error. Following. Uh, uh. I'm not following uh, but well, in, human error in, is the next case. like in, but i wanted to turn this to the future uh so where do we think the usda's rules are going to meet out onto the cbd hemp industry both from like you know the commerce perspective and then also in the streets in its enforcement perspective
2: yeah, well, I think um, on the commerce perspective, if the rules are, if the, if the current rules are adopted as, the, as the, the permanent final rule, well, it's going to do a few things. I think it's going to um, drive a lot of farmers out. Uh, it's going to raise the cost of, of the inputs, meaning the, in, into manufactured products, meaning the, the, the hemp and the extract and the isolates and whatnot. <laughs> uh, and also it's going to put the U.S. at a competitive disadvantage uh, with the world because these are very onerous requirements. Uh, with, with, with a lot of, not a whole lot of room um, for, for error uh, with some, with some pretty bad consequences. If you, if you go over that other countries don't have this. And so what we may see is that that other countries are growing the hemp. Other countries are producing the extracts and the isolates and other countries are formulating the products that come back into the United States. So I think from a policy standpoint, the USDA regs are horrible. What Um, about from the testing? Talk
1: about how the testing may delay the process and gum it up as well.
2: well it's a great point. The, the testing is we already have log jams and, and major holdups because we don't have enough analy- uh, sufficient analytical labs to test the hemp. You know, we people will send in a sample and it'll come back weeks later because they're so full. Well, now what we're doing is we're requiring these same labs to have a DEA license, uh, which has it's, it's going to be difficult. Yet. It's going to cause its um, own log jams over there. But we're pulling labs out of the system. Uh, and we're making it harder for labs to enter the system. So it's like we're take it's like we're crowded on an eight lane superhighway. And in, in order to fix the problem, we're going to reduce it down to three lanes. Like it's, it's, yeah, I, I have
1: to like go in and out of Chicago more than I would prefer. That never works. That just creates like, you know, there's a pile of cars that are a parking lot <laughs> for months. Yeah. Do you think that this the the safe money is going to be like we we're talking with Yorkshire Farms or York Farms about yeah, just York doing... Farm from Virginia? We had another YouTuber on that had a harvest come in, and he was uh, he did a very viral video on the USDA regs as they were coming. And so we we talked to a farmer <coughs> about like you know what's the day to day, what are you what what are you worried about, all those types of things. It was fascinating.
4: Yeah, and, I mean, with, with the whole like when the, the rules keep changing, what about just Taking the isolate, be a, what is it, a vertical? You know, uh, we grow
1: and then and they call that—that's uh, the difference between full and broad spectrum. So you're just trying to drop out all the THC, right?
2: Right, right. Um, but the problem is that what we're talking about with the testing, USDA doesn't doesn't have rules for post-harvest testing. This is all pre-harvest, and so by definition, you're testing a, a plant that's in the ground, um, and and it's pre-pulling out any of the of uh, the THC. So it's before you chop it. Before, yep, exactly. Before you pull it out and chop it. So with those testing
1: things that they have, the new requirements, is that mandatory testing before you chop it?
2: Uh, mandatory testing. Absolutely. See, yeah.
1: Illinois is on the honor system. It's pervasive. I mean, like yeah. it's, it's permissive. So provided that you don't, you know, flout the law and flagrantly like try to grow uh, legit cannabis or THC cannabis, uh, you can just operate, you know, so because the state,
2: you know, that, that's going to change over the next year or two once these USDA regulations are fully implemented. So that's going to cost the the, the the state of Illinois a lot more in compliance costs. Oh, the state of Illinois, a lot more. Um, and, and who's going to fund this? You know, the farmers are going to fund it or the, you know, is higher taxes. It, it's you know, a lot of these things are, are, are resource um, deficient anyway, and then we're going to add more burdens to them. It's,
4: it's like in Jeff's client case, I mean, the fact that he has to pay for testing, like they're arresting, pulling over this guy, ruining his day, and, and he's got to come out of pocket to, to prove the guilt or innocence. They should have to prove guilt. They oh, do, man. right? Jeff, don't they have to prove oh, guilt? I totally missed
0: that
3: because I've been uh, trying to do work. Oh, too. you're good, man. I'm, I'm not high. Yeah. <laughs> He's multi.
1: don't worry. I got it. I got so, it for like, all what us. does this do with the burden of proof? That the and can you explain the burden of proof when it comes to these uh, cannabis cases? Well, and that's the interesting thing
3: now because it, it's like I want to walk into every prosecutor's prosecuting a regular cannabis case and say, okay, let's set it for trial, and then I want to put the technician on the stand and just say, did you test that? Could this be legal hemp? And they say, yeah, it could be legal hemp, and uh, and then we win the case. But the prosecutor has to know about it. And if they don't know, am I tipping them off by telling them this now? <laughs> so if they watch this, you know what and I mean? How
1: could, they, how could they insulate themselves from it? Well, right. what
3: they'd have to do with to insulate it, I mean, what they... I kind of don't want to say it because I don't want to tip them off. I, they no, but need to that stuff Brad right is
4: right, though, right? Like, I mean, like, it's not tipping off. If that person is listening to this now, he should be like, hey, maybe I'm an oh, asshole. Like maybe just I shouldn't. all the time. But I mean, I'm just I saying, like, totally this guy's like, true. I'm wasting people's time. Literally, I am protecting and saving no one. Like, I've helped nobody yeah. today. As a matter of fact, I made a guy who was just trying to get, feed his kids and just do a thing. And, I mean, that's the problem. We give too much power to the system over some bullshit.
3: Like... Well, But think about it. Think about who we're dealing with, the mentality. You have to change hearts and minds about it. And my heart and mind, I used to prosecute cannabis cases. And um, and I'll tell you what, I didn't feel good about it, but I had directives from my higher ups that I had to do certain things. But jail was usually the last option because nobody wants to jail anybody for cannabis. But some prosecutors actually do unfortunately and so you have to change hearts and minds so going in and doing the peter griffin when you're just saying come on come on it's just cannabis come on yeah, yeah. no it's it, hard though we're, it we're falls fighting. on deaf ears because prosecutors yeah. are like it's still against the law and then they'd never tried it or they don't like it or you know it made them sick after they smoked it when they were drunk first and i'm i've had that conversation before where i'm like
1: you're not supposed to know why that drunk is first because that's happened to me and you're, you're, used- you're supposed to be drunk first you're
3: you know, smoke and then drink. Well, why is you'll that? Drink less. Yeah. You'll drink less, and you'll it'll it'll compliment your less. Okay. For
2: the next day, it's great. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. look,
3: at, at age thirty is when I started uh, smoking more regularly uh, for my health because I had a and not to get I didn't think I'd get personal for the internet today, but anyway, for my tell health,
1: tell everybody it, I, in real time live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it on my face and my face. <laughs> on
3: so anyway, um, so you know, I had a, I had a prescription for ambient CR. And I was sleep sleepwalking in my building, you know, in this building. I had a condo upstairs that I lived in at the time, and um, and it it alarmed me. And so I wanted to get off Ambien CR. But what are the options? Well, one, you have to wean off of it because your body is so screwed up; it doesn't produce uh, what is it, uh, melanin or not melanin? What is it? Melatonin. uh, Melatonin. Sorry, melanin. I I got enough of that right now. But not me. Anyway, uh, (laughs) but melatonin. So I couldn't produce it to help me sleep. You have to like break that cycle. But with cannabis. You could just do a quick little puff and go right back to bed. And the other thing that it did for me was it made me stop thinking about my clients' cases. It, 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 my, it trained my brain to say, look, that stuff's going to be there tomorrow. It's, it's over there. You compartmentalize it for tonight. And you just, I, I've tried to tell this to more people. And I, I haven't said this part at CLEs, you know, continuing legal education seminars, but a part of me wants to, and I may do it after the first of the year. Um, when it's legal here, um, because I think the more that people see professional people that use it responsibly, they, it's not like the Spakowski, you know, um, stereotype from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, uh, there are there are more people than you would even like not you guys, but there are more well, people than you'd imagine that, cannabis lawyers.
1: That's and vocal, I mean, you know.
4: would it wouldn't be a billion dollar industry if it wasn't, though. You know it, what I mean? Like it, it's, Yeah. It, it, it's kind of why like I'm doing what I'm doing, like smoking high. I'm like, sure, I wander off and die like
3: a little bit. But you know what? Yeah. I'm not- it's not a gateway drug. Alcohol, yeah. if anything, is the gateway. I mean, yeah. it's the gateway to a lot of stuff, if you think about yeah. it. Uh, but, it, you know, it, people are so dead set on that stereotype, and we have to break that mold. And that's why I'm starting to be more vocal about it. I'm vocal about it on Facebook. I get jokes from judges and prosecutors. Oh, you know, and I'm like, Hey, whenever you want to smoke up, let's do this. You don't even have to smoke. I'll eat an edible with you. We'll just toast it and then eat it. Oh, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, they need to see that responsible people use it. And so that, that stoner mentality, we need to be representatives and ambassadors of it to not have the, all those stereotypes where you're slurring or you're like, dude, yeah, you know, I mean, I could be high right now and nobody would know. I mean, they would probably think it was Adderall, but, no, just, uh, but anyway, but I mean,
4: I mean but there's a body level, there's a mental level. I mean, like I, like sometimes you get a little much, but that's the worst thing that happens. You get a little anxiety. I mean, that little bit of know. anxiety. Yeah.
3: And so anyway, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir and all your viewers here, you know, probably know exactly what I'm talking about. They've heard it before, but I'm trying on the professional end, on the law, the legal end. And you'd be surprised at the representatives that smoke or use cannabis. And honestly, I want them all to use cannabis because it chill them the fuck out, to be quite honest. (laughs) you know could you imagine where they just sit down and smoke could you imagine the deals that they would work out the meeting in the middle
4: well it's about priorities too so like like my old lady gets mad at me for doing everything i do like like just for being a man right but it's it's the wee shit that really pisses them off because i i i I focus on this as a thing that like um my friends i get tired of like the activism side of things Mm -hmm. and uh Uh, I was like, yeah, well, I am too, but, you know, I because my thing is writing. That's my passion. So it's like if people just stop getting arrested, I can stop fucking writing about this shit because I'm just tired of this. It's no, you know, there's more. There's lots of good weed stories, but there's more horror stories, you know, Mm -hmm. and it does so much good better than than bad. So, I mean, we're, we're. we're so well close, you know. Washington State is thriving. I mean, we have shitty fucking voters. We have shitty um, money management. Like our, we've wasted
3: so much money. But there's billions just surrounding me right now. It's ridiculous. And one thing that they were doing, and sorry to, to cut oh, you, yeah. Tom, yeah. but one thing right. that they were doing was they were taking Colorado and they were taking, they were cherry picking data and they were putting it out as propaganda, saying that accidents increased by fifty percent. Uh, and, and but you're like, okay, all right, so that's a real number. Let's see what you're looking at. And when you look at it, then and you look at uh, uh, each, each of the accidents, most every one of those where there were accidents, there was alcohol that was the superseding factor. Yeah. They tested positive for THC. Yeah. And so then they blame it on THC, even though it was the alcohol, because they were at 0.12, but you didn't mention that. So what I do is I call them out and I'm vocal about it. I say, why are you cherry picking data? That is akin to lying. Why are you lying to us? You know, it's fear. Why are you trying to inject fear? We're trying to get to the truth. Well, you're trying to, you know, get us to just stay scared of it, you know? When they legalize gay marriage, there were also more good segue. Good segue. There, there were
4: more married gay men in the accidents too. Right after that, I'm just saying, you know, it's not a freaking thing. <laughs> you know, like if we can just make it legal, then uh, we can just put priorities, and that's what it comes down to our, our 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 judicial priorities. Our uh uh. uh, uh you know uh cops are police priority. I mean,
1: see how Seattle this. Tom can tell you it's yeah, amazing. I can't wait till next year. But Rod, what's your cannabis story because I read uh, a, a post that you had done about how you had become a cannabis lawyer and it was really really inspiring as well.
2: Well, well, well thanks Tom. Jeff, this is I, I'll I'll share some personal stuff this time. This is my Well, um I've I've sure. smoked uh, hey,
3: pot I, I got a couch. Morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <a
2: couch>. <laughs> um <laughs> I've smoked pot off and off my whole life and in my uh, 30s I got, um, I got testicular cancer, and um, I, even though I had smoked pot before, even though I had read, this is about 10 years ago, that it could help with chemotherapy, that marijuana could, I had chosen not to use it for chemotherapy for the first part of it because I thought, well, that's really just a cheap excuse to get high. I wasn't totally sold on the medical marijuana piece. I, I thought it should be legal just on civil liberties grounds. Uh, but one day I'd had a chemo treatment, and I was feeling really bad. And I, after laying in bed all day and, and, and not having anything better to do, not being able to sleep, I went downstairs, my brother was there checking on me, and, and he had some some weed. And so we smoked, and I, I frankly didn't expect it to do anything. And not only did it do something, but it did something that was so powerful that it changed my It changed my life. I mean, not to be that
1: cheesy about it, but truly, it changed my. But you hear like it's it's this is a refrain, and so like when you're in the movement, this is a refrain that you hear from from Jeff, from Rod, from me, from Miggy, and like it's and it's amazing that that refrain still is uh, operating under this guise and cloak of darkness and prejudice.
2: Yeah, it really is. It's like this is medicine, and and this needs to be legal for more than just you know, intellectual, you know, principles, it's, it needs to be legal because people need it. I yes. yeah. need.
1: And then think about knowing what you know now, and then re- thinking about all the prisoners of war that are in jail right now, or that have had the, the power of law, the full extent, all those felonies that Jeff was talking about earlier, that weight just put over their heads with their families. Well, yeah, we read, read smoke signals
3: by Martin Lee. Read that. I mean, there's a great. He 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 did a great summary of all these different people that are still being uh, pursued by the federal government. You know, it's it, it it it's beyond me. But I will say this: that people are starting to come around, and I and I'll use my mom as an example. She'll she'd never ever ever smoke, right? She she'd drink some wine here and there, but she's very health conscious. And all of a sudden. She's starting to use CBD, at least, you know, to help. And I'm like, well, I mean, mom, you know, uh, that's like, you know, you're halfway there. You know, it's making you feel better. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so there's this wave and it's like, well, it can make you feel even better and not mess you up, not impair you. You just have to get the right dosage. You have to get was it sativa that works best for you? Is it indica? Is it a hybrid? What is it? And you can, and I said, imagine you can walk into a liquor store and say, uh, clerk, I want to feel less anxiety. I would like to not have beer goggles. I would like to, um, not have a hangover tomorrow. And I would like blood to flow to where it needs to flow. And they say, Hey, we got the perfect thing. It's called Patron. Just get over here, man. And it, you know, wouldn't that be nice if people could see that they can actually walk into a store and say that exact thing and that the, bu- the bud tenders would know how to accommodate. And that's why I'm just trying to get the word out to say it's not like this sketchy place you walk into and there's, you know, this creepy person behind a the black house. Yeah,
1: they're like, something- hey, Brack. They're, they're like, like hey, ah. crack, you know, you know
3: i mean it's, it's like normal people and they're so nice you know so anyway you guys have, have dispensaries though now right What? what's that you guys have dispensaries yeah we do we do and hey look the second i had my medical cannabis card it was like the fifth best day of my life yeah. i walked in that thing and i was like you know taking selfies and right. i was just like they have no cameras allowed but i'm like you know i'm just so happy i'm gonna memorialize this day you know this is the best day you know, so
1: anyway, sorry, I get animated about this. It's all right, it's all right. <laughs> we've been going for about an hour, so I just want to like leave it with some, uh, you know, what we yeah, believe yeah. our next yeah. steps are going to be gonna in this industry. History. So, like, how do you, like, Matt, how do you see the um the future shaping up?
2: You know, I think it's in the big picture we're we're moving in a positive and progressive um direction. You know, I, the the attitudes are changing um, fast um, in the United States. We're seeing changes in South America. We're beginning to see the the ice. Um, you know, begin to, to, to defreeze, to crack a little bit in Europe and Southeast Asia. So globally, cannabis is becoming more and more of a thing. And I think we're going to continue that direction. But I think we're going to have a lot of obstacles. We're going to have obstacles, regulatory, um, and, 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 te- and all these things we've been talking about, testing and, and licensing and, and that kind of thing. We're also going to see obstacles in the market. You know, the CBD thing is building up fast. At some point, uh, that bubble is going to pop and how much it corrects and when and how is going to be an issue. But so we're going to see I think a lot of these different bubbles and, and pop along the way uh and so I, but but in the big picture we're moving in a positive place for sure
1: yeah i could think that's coming because i saw that usda regulation and how many farmers do you think are going to be knocked out of the industry
2: I, you know it's hard to put put a number to it but i'll just say a significant number i mean you know right. whether because they can't can't keep up because of the being priced out or because they don't want to keep up because it's just too risky too much and too risky
4: well, the other support money could be just go to uh, the fiber if you're going to be staying hemp. I mean, well, there's the no point. infrastructure. There's nowhere to sell it.
2: Well, that's it, the problem. You know, fiber is the future, but you know all of these same rules apply. I and mean, you can assume that some phenola strain is not going to be high in THC, but you still got to deal with all these issues. You still got to be subject to the to signing away a lot of your rights to the DEA and um, in order to participate. It's even though you're just growing for fiber. So, um, fiber is great and a good future, but. You know we got to fix some of these problems before. Jeff,
1: what do you think about the practical side from the prosecution defense angle over the next couple of years?
3: Um, I just think learning uh, because right now, uh, I don't have a test case that has seen its way all the you know all the way through. I don't, I just don't have that yet working on it. Um, but what I see happening is this is that we'll have to make um, uh, we'll have to have a legislative solution to this hemp thing. Um, you know, we're going to have to get HPLC testing into these uh, state crime labs. Um, We're going to have to have a system set up to where defense attorneys can send to their own, you know, private, which I could do that. um, But honestly, my client can't afford to do that. And that's that's the issue. They took all this money that he ever had in bond, you know, and they're holding it and they don't, you know, and a part of me believes they don't wanna release it, but I'm gonna fight to get it back. But I see as the feds uh, update their laws, I see each state fucking it up in one way or the other in their own law. Um, And I, I, I would say that some states would probably be better than others. And then we'll start to form our laws for what works and what doesn't work. And that's why I'm trying to meet with legislators talk to them about potential changes, things like that. I'm talking to prosecutors. I've gone into various states' attorneys around uh, where where I live, telling them, look, this is a problem. And think about it, though. It's actually, it could be a much bigger problem than they're realizing. Because let's say there's a big hemp load. It's a huge load. And they've got a big U-Haul truck. And on every bit around on the inside is all er, hemp. But then there's a big... Um, you know, container full of Delta-9 THC on the inside, you know, that's going to slip through. Are they going to inspect every tote, you know, every bag? Because think about it, it's a good way to hide your your Delta-9 THC cannabis. And also it can be hemp, but then convert through decarboxylation to illegal Delta-9 THC cannabis. And so we need to get, we need to fine tune this stuff. And I think we need to add THCA, like the ratio that you're talking about. I don't think that it, this, uh, what was it? Did you say the proposed rule was combined at 3%? Yeah, total THC 0.3. I mean, the flowering
1: tops. Isn't that everything? Yeah,
3: so anyway, um, I see us um, slowly moving slow, but once as we start to educate, uh, legislators will, will get wind, but you have to deal with the politics of it. Um, that's the other factor or variable that goes into it, you know?
4: Do you guys think there'll be future lawsuits for, like, your your client, this? I mean, this, this product that they have and they're not storing right, I mean, eventually it's just garbage.
3: It's and difficult they- because to sue the police, let's say, um, uh, you have to show willful and wanton behavior. And the police, if I was defending them, I'd say, look, they don't know. They're not scientists they're not lab technicians and and they don't have the capability at this time to test this stuff they were just following state police rules and protocols and it's better to get the uh, product off the street than it is to keep it on and let it proceed forward in case it is actually illegal you see and so uh, i don't see any successful civil suits unless the police know it's hemp. They've confirmed it's hemp and they still take it because then that could be the well, federal let's start violation. Here.
1: I'm going to I'm going to update my and then what I see before I ask Miggy how things are going uh, is that there's going to be continued uh, regulatory weird stuff that's coming. And it's probably going to get worse in the state of Illinois, which was wide open this year. But yes. then I'm going to start placing into my uh, systems these types of tripwires to alert no, the law enforcement officers as soon as possible regarding the, the lawful nature of my client's actions. And sure. Letters
2: and, and all the manifests and documents and, um, you know, yeah. maybe even calling them down the road. We got a truckload coming through. You just you yeah. shouldn't have, And you know, let me just like,
3: show you this because and, and sorry to interrupt here again, but I just came from court. And I'm I'm going to cover the top part of it because that's got the client's information. But this is a true bill of indictment, okay? And look at the sentencing range right there. Hold on, I'll, I'll get it.
1: It's public record.
3: Yeah, it's public record. So it's like, sorry,
1: six. Hang just. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow you up. it up. There you go. Twelve. Penalty. Twelve
4: to sixty 12 years.
2: To
1: 60.
4: Oh my
2: god.
3: Cannabis.
1: Cannabis trafficking. Who's real? I mean, uh, and I just wanted to thank everybody, especially Rod and Jeff for coming. Uh, Jeff, how do people get in touch with you, man? Um, Well, they can call 309-699-4691.
3: They can look me up on the Internet. Jeff Hall, attorney, Illinois. They'll find a lot of stuff
2: about me on there. How about you, Rod? Sure. They can call 828-255-9881. Email me, rod at kite law.com. That's K I G H T L A W.com. And check out my blog. It's at uh, law. Yeah,
1: I love that blog. And, and Miggy, I got good news for you, man. Hey, Bill. Uh, Cannabislegalizationnews.com is going to be in beta. So I'm going to get you a login Sweet. so that you could start doing some writing and have a platform that we could share uh, those on that. Weed Weekly. Nice.
4: I got my homegrown article. All right. Yeah. And also,
1: I I forgot about my blog. So
3: it's uh, hallrustum.blogspot.com. Cool. All righty. See you next time.